welcome to this podcast with me, Steve Griffiths. Today we're looking at John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8, the story of Mary anointing Jesus with oil and the angry response of Judas to that. And I want to ask you a simple question today. What is Jesus worth to you? How would you value your relationship with him? It's a tough question and we may find it really difficult to answer that, but the way we live our lives gives us the answer, I suppose. We probably all draw boundaries on how much we want to give of ourselves towards a loving relationship with Jesus. We'll spend this much time in prayer each day, but no more than that. We'll attend Sunday worship this number of times each month, but no more than that. We have this limit to the amount of money we will give to the mission of God. We have that many hours to give to church volunteering. Probably the way you interact with church, prayer, Bible study and personal spirituality is a pretty good indicator as to how much you value your relationship with Jesus. Does that sound harsh? Maybe, but I think there's truth in it. What is Jesus worth to you? How much time, how much money, how much prayer, how much of your life? Today's reading brings this question into sharp focus as we think about the attitudes of the two main characters in the story, Mary and Judas, both at the dinner party with Jesus that evening. Well, let's put this dinner party into some context. A couple of days earlier, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha, so maybe this dinner party was a celebration of Lazarus being restored to them. But fast forward six days. And whilst Lazarus is enjoying his new life, Jesus will be hanging on a cross, dying. The morning after this dinner party, Jesus headed towards Jerusalem for the last few days of his earthly life. He knew what was about to happen to him. And so this dinner party was the last truly happy social event he would enjoy. And at this dinner party, we have two contrasting actors, Mary and Judas. Now Mary was so profoundly grateful to Jesus for having raised her brother from the grave. She knew that he was no ordinary man and so she wants to show him the honour due to him. She takes a pint of perfume made of nard, pours it on his feet and wipes them with her hair. Nard was a very expensive oil that came from India. Judas worked out that the value was 300 denarii which was the equivalent of nine months or so's wages. An extraordinary sum of money. Was she being too extravagant in her expression of love for Jesus? Well, I think that extravagance is often in the eye of the beholder. We tend to say that someone else has been extravagant rather than thinking that we ourselves are extravagant. It all depends on our context and our motivation. If I flew first class to New York, I would think of that as an extravagance. But if Ed Sheeran was to do it, I don't suppose he'd think anything of it. Extravagance is often a contextual idea. And certainly Mary here did not think that she was being too extravagant because she recognised the true worth of Jesus Christ and all the bottles of perfume in the world would not have been enough to match his worth in her eyes. And perhaps she also knew what was to come when Jesus would leave in the morning and head for Jerusalem. In the Old Testament, four groups of people would be anointed with perfumed oil, prophets, priests, kings and the dead. Jesus was recognised as being in the line of the prophets. He holds the title of the Eternal High Priest in the book of Hebrews, and he was and is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mary may have recognised those three titles for Jesus and realised that the fourth, being dead, was just a few days away, and so she anoints him 
with perfumed oil. Certainly, that is how Jesus understood her actions because he says in verse 7, Leave her alone. Let her keep what she has for the day of my burial. For Mary, there was no sense that she was being too extravagant. There was not enough perfume in the world to express how she felt about Jesus. She didn't care what people thought of her. She didn't care how much she was criticised. She knew who Jesus was and she was going to show him the honour due to him. What an example she sets us, doesn't she? There was no limit she would put on the worth of Jesus to her. Well, what about us? And then there is Judas. He had watched Mary perform this extraordinary act of affection and he totted up the monetary value of the act. And quite frankly, he wasn't impressed. What does he say? Why wasn't this fragrant oil sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? A man who knew the price of everything and the value of nothing. Jesus' reply is direct and stinging. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Now that sounds quite harsh, doesn't it? But I think it speaks into a truth that the church needs to hear, especially in the current times in which we find ourselves. And what I mean is this. We are surrounded by need, more need than we could possibly meet. Fuel poverty, food poverty, a refugee crisis, mental health crises, COVID crisis. The list of needs is endless at the moment. And as a church, we do need to respond to these social needs to the best of our ability, of course. But we must never lose focus of the fact that primarily the church is a community of worship that the church exists as a community to worship God and give the honour due to him. Now some will say that serving the needs of the poor is an act of worship, and in a sense I agree with that, but it doesn't replace the focused worship and glorification of God that comes through acts of worship, services if you like, in a church community. We need to get the balance right between the direct, focused worship of God and the indirect worship of God through social engagement. There is a difference between the two. And I think Jesus is making that point here. The poor will always be with us. Every day for the rest of our lives, we will have the opportunity to serve the poor and needy. But there are times when we need to focus directly on God and give him our attention, our praise and our worship to just sit in his presence and adore him and pour the perfumed oil of our worship on his feet. And out of that worship, out of a deepening awareness of who we are before God, will grow the desire to engage in social action. But Judas missed the point of this. His mind was set on working out the value of things and what impact that monetary value could have on others, either himself or those in need. But sometimes, as Mary showed us, we need to think in a different way. To think about eternal value rather than physical or monetary value. It's completely countercultural, isn't it? In a day and age in which the monetary value of everything dictates personal choices, government policies and our relationship with other people. But we need both. We need to get the balance right. So I come back to my original question. What is Jesus worth to you? If you are governed by the Judas mindset, you will work out how much of Jesus you can fit into your life without him impacting too much on your time, your income, your energy, your engagement with others. If you have the Mary mindset, you will turn that completely on its head and you will work out how much you can fit into the rest of your life around your prayer life, your engagement with church, your ministry, your Bible study and so on. 
For some of you, that may sound crazy. It does go against how we view the world today. But it is at the very heart of Christian discipleship. The worship of God is what you have been made for. And everything else needs to be fitted around that. We are not called to live busy, hectic lives and then just squeeze a few minutes in for God when we can. It's a massive challenge, but it's what you were created for, the worship of God. So I would urge you to reflect on your own life in the light of this passage and the example of Mary, to simply ask yourself the question, what is Jesus worth to you? Could you find more time each day to pray, to read the Bible? Could you find more time in your weekly schedule to attend worship? Mary sets each one of us a courageous, countercultural example here. It's not easy and it requires discipline and perhaps a re-evaluation of our values. But this passage, as direct and uncompromising as it is, asks the question of us, what is Jesus worth to you? So I hope that you found this a useful podcast that will help you reflect on your own spiritual life and commitment. My prayer for you this week is that you'll recognise the true value of Jesus to you and respond with a heart full of thanksgiving and praise. If you found this podcast useful, please don't forget to subscribe and share the link with others. And I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye bye. (music)